Victory is in the air. Amen. Victory is in the air. Boy, the Bible says that Jesus is the Lion of Judah. And that great lion is with us and for us. And that's why as we approach this new year, we can be courageous. Because victory is in the air. Are you ready to roar, Cathedral of Faith? Amen. It's our year to roar. When we put our faith in Him, when we link up to Him, His victory becomes our victory. And that's how we can be courageous. In fact, our theme verse for the weekend, I I want you to read it out loud with me. It's Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It reads this way. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm ready to roar. Are you ready to roar, Cathedral? Let me ask again, are you ready to roar? Boy, we're ready to face 2020 with courage and strength. In fact, before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, welcome to the Roaring Twenties. Go ahead and do that. Amen. as we move into this new year 2020 God is good and all the time thanks so much for being here and those who are on campus wherever you're at on campus those watching online all the different sites we want to welcome you thank you for being a part of this worship weekend Uh, all uh, you know all year long the big word for the year at cathedral is courageous and it seems to me One of the best ways to understand courage is not so much to read a dictionary definition, but to see that courage in action. For example, I found this one picture that shows courage in action. You can see a stork standing on an alligator. And so pictures like this help us to understand courage. Uh, We're looking at one of the pictures that the Bible gives us. It's one of the most courageous people that you find in the Bible, his name is Daniel. If you've never read the book of Daniel, talk about an adventure. 
It is better than any Netflix series out there. And it's based, well, it's not based on a true story. It is a true story. Every single word of it. And as you follow the story of Daniel and his adventure, in chapter 1, we saw that Daniel's taken as a prisoner of war and brought to a foreign country and made to serve a foreign king. But Daniel made up his mind. I've made up my mind. Say that with me. I've made up my mind. I can't control the wind, but I can control the direction it takes me. I'm the one who sets the sail on that boat, and I'm moving forward. Amen? Yeah, I've made up my mind. Now, when we come to Daniel chapter 2, what an interesting story we have because we run into one character after another, and it seems to me they've all been taking too many selfies. Have you seen that commercial about a new feature in taking a selfie? You can do it in slow motion. Watch the screens. It's really cool. What a day we live in. When I was young, I never dreamed of the day that a camera and a phone would be in the same device, and yet now you can take selfies and you can take them in slow motion. How cool is that? And I thought, to start things off for this sermon, how about if we get a picture of all of us? Now, I've never used a selfie stick before this weekend. And so I'm going to do my best to give this a go. But how about if we take a picture over here and we'll put it on social media. Let me see if I can get my phone locked in here. Let's go. Let's go. Hello. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, boy. Here we go. Somebody help the pastor. Here we go. All right. Yeah, okay, come on, give me some love. I'm, I'm giving it a go here. Where's my grandson to help me out? All right. Okay, right over here, everybody, on the count of three. One, two, three, Jesus. Here we go. How about over here on the count of three? One, two, three, Jesus. How about over here on the count of three? One, two, three, Jesus. You know what? That guy in the back, you had your eyes closed. Sermon hasn't started yet. Here, let's go ahead and try it again. One, two, three, Jesus. There we go. And how about in the balcony? Can I get some love from the balcony? Here we go. Ready? One, two, three, Jesus. You know, I got to admit, seeing myself in the screen... I look pretty good for 60 years old. 
You know, let me take just a, a few pictures of me here for just a moment. Maybe just one more. Maybe that was one too many pictures of me. As we turn to Daniel chapter 2, we're going to find people who've been taking too many selfies. I was reading that there's an actual condition for when you've taken too many selfies. It's a physical condition. They call it selfie wrist. And what happens is your wrist gets inflamed and it, well, it's like carpal tunnel. And the doctor says this in the Bay Area who treats it. He says the problem begins when patients constantly hyperflex their wrist inwards. And I was thinking how right that doctor is. I love selfies. But if I'm always doing this, and it's all about me. That's what happens in Daniel chapter 2. We're going to meet one person after another who have been taking too many selfies, and it's all about me and my challenge to you today is to have courage in the middle of a culture where it's all about me to have the courage to live a different way to take the word me and to do this to turn that letter upside down Less of me and more of we. Amen? Less of me and more of we. If you're looking for something that will absolutely change the atmosphere in your home or change the atmosphere at work or change the atmosphere on the team you play with, that right there is a game changer. When people have the courage... It's not all about me, less of me and more of we. Well, you're on your way. You're on your way. So for the next few moments, think with me. Let's look at the story of Daniel and how we can move from me to we. First of all, it starts with a king, with a king who believes it's all about me, all about me. Say that with me, all about me. I saw this one comic about a recovery group that was meeting, a narcissist recovery group. And so one guy, he stands up, and if we can bring that comic up, he stands up and he says, welcome to Narcissist Anonymous. Now before we get started, Let's talk about me for a while. It's all about me. They say that one of the traits of a narcissistic personality is you can see it in their demands. They're over-demanding. 
outrageous demands. And I wonder if the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, in chapter 2, struggled with being a narcissist. Because we find a demand in chapter 2 that's absolutely outrageous. He has a dream. And the dream troubles him. And so what he does is he calls his advisors around him. These are his dream interpreters. And he says to them, I want you to interpret the dream. And they say, okay. But before you can interpret the dream, I want you to tell me what the dream was. And if you don't do it, if you don't do it right away, you know what's going to happen? I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. Does that seem a little over the top to you? Demanding. Over demanding. Experts say that narcissistic personality traits have radically increased over the last 30 years in our culture. And that's why it seems like every time you turn around, you find someone living. It's all about them. I was reading about this one rock star who had to go to a courthouse. And so when they were on their way into the courthouse, they had to get in the line to go through security. And this bothered them because they weren't used to standing in line. The world revolved around them, and they weren't used to standing in line. And they told one of the reporters at the scene, they said this, the guy wants me to stand in line with everyone else, and I'm not everybody else. It's all about me. And yet, that narcissism that's such a part of our culture I find that the battle is not just out there. The battle is in here. There's part of that King Nebuchadnezzar and part of that rock star that's on the inside of me. I want what I want when I want it. And if you don't give me what I want when I want it, I will cut you into pieces and I'll turn your houses into rubble. And that's why it takes courage to move against that spirit that's on the inside of me and on the outside in our culture. And to say to myself, it's not all about me, it's all about we. All about we. Say that with me. All about we. I was wondering, is anybody thinking about football this weekend? Anybody in the house thinking? I, I thought that might be the case. Just a lucky guess. And so I once had a chance to interview a football player here during one of the weekends. His name is Tim Brown, and he was an amazing wide receiver. Yeah, just an, a great guy, person of faith, very gracious. And during the interview, I asked him, I said, all right, Tim, said, you win all these awards. You got thousands of people cheering you. All the cameras are pointed at you. 
How do you keep your head? How do you stay grounded? How do you stay humble? He said that his mom helped him to learn that lesson. Thank God for moms. Can somebody say amen to that? His mom helped him. Here's what she did. After his rookie season, he had made the Pro Bowl. The year before, he had won the Heisman Trophy. And so all of this stuff being heaped on him. When he came home to visit his mom, there was a sign outside the door that said, Welcome, Heisman Trophy winner. And when he walked inside, his mom said, Tim, do you know why I put that sign outside the door? And he says, No, Mom, I don't. And she said, that's because that's where you leave all that stuff. When you walk inside this house, you're just Timmy. <laughs> and she said, that, he said, that helped him to stay grounded. Can I speak to all the parents here today? Let your kid know that they're valued. Let your kid know that they're treasured. Let their, your kid know that God's got an amazing dream for their lives. But make sure your child also understands it's not all about them. It's all about God. And when we begin to raise up kids that way, of course, as grown-ups, we still face that battle. And I was thinking, what could I do this week that might, well, have the courage to move against that part of me that it's all about me and so here's what I came up with and I invite you to join me if you feel a nudge too what I'm gonna do this week when I am in line have you noticed how much of your life is in line when I am in line this week instead of demanding it's all about me I shouldn't have to stand in line I'm gonna move in the opposite spirit and I'm gonna say to the person who's behind me, why don't you go in front of me? At the grocery store, at the coffee shop, at the movie theater, in the church parking lot. No, I'm not having that. Oh. <laughs> Hello. But what if, what if this week we find a way to remind ourselves it's not all about me. It's about we. The Bible says, in whatever you do, whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble. Honor others more than yourselves. Don't be interested only in your own life, but care about the lives of others too. Can we give God praise for the wisdom that we find in his word? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, every once in a while, I take that camera and I point it in a different direction. It's not all about me. It's about we, we. Say that with me, we. Now, we see a king in the story who says it's all about me. And then we find advisors in the story who say it's all up to me. It's all up to me. I saw this one video of a child who's walking along and he's carrying some groceries and he's got those bags filled 
And as he's walking along, it looks like he's doing great. And then, bam, the groceries fall out of the bottom of the bag. Don't you hate when that happens? That's what happens to the advisors for the king. The king calls all his advisors together and he says, all right, I want you to interpret the dream and you also have to tell me what the dream means. And the advisors know that's way beyond them. In fact, they tell the king how outrageous this demand is. They say, there is no one on earth who can do what you are asking. No king has ever asked for anything like that. What you are asking is much too hard. No one can tell you what you dreamed except the gods, and they don't live among human beings. The advisors are walking along, carrying their bags. The bottom drops out, and now they're facing an impossible situation. At some point in your life, I don't know when, but I can tell you the way life works. At some point in your life, you are going to face a situation that is going to seem impossible. It's going to feel impossible, that it's just beyond you. It's beyond what you have. It's beyond your abilities. It's beyond your resources. You know the phrase, if it's to be, it's up to me. When you hit that impossible situation, that phrase changes. If it's up to me, I'm up a tree. <laughs> because it's just beyond me. But that is why I'm grateful for impossible situations. Because impossible situations remind me it's not all up to me. It reminds me that it's all up to God. It's not all about me. It's all about God. Can somebody say amen? That I was never meant to be self-sufficient or self-reliant. One of the things about living in our culture, and especially in this valley, is that there is a spirit, an attitude, if you will, of self-reliance and self-sufficiency. And it's one of the things that keeps people far from God, away from God. I don't need God. I'm self-reliant. I'm self-sufficient. You know people like that, and I know people like that. It's the spirit in our culture, and if we're not careful, it gets in us, and it gets on us, and we love God, but we live like we're self-sufficient and self-reliant until we hit that impossible situation that drives us back to God and we know that when we come to the end of ourselves Daniel says this he says there is 
a God in heaven. Would you say that with me? There is a God in heaven. That when we come to the end of ourselves, it doesn't have to break us. Instead, it can move us back to recognize. I'm not self-sufficient. I'm God-sufficient. I'm not self-reliant. I'm God-reliant. It's not all up to me. It's up to we. There is a God in heaven who hears the prayers of those on earth. Amen. That is the good news of the gospel. There is a God of heaven. And so what Daniel does is he goes and he calls his buddies, that little band of brothers, when you are facing an impossible situation, don't face it alone. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I want to say that again. When you're facing an impossible situation, don't you ever face that situation alone. Can somebody say amen? amen? You need a band of brothers, a sorority of sisters. Daniel goes to his three buddies and he calls a prayer meeting. And he says, we need God to answer a prayer. We need to pray for wisdom, insight, and revelation. Maybe that's what you need this weekend. You need wisdom. You need insight. You need revelation. So Daniel and his team, they begin to pray. They pray to the God in heaven. Because when you're facing something no one else has faced, you need someone no one else is like. And that is the God in heaven. They pray to the God of heaven, amen. And God answers their prayer. We read about it in Daniel chapter two. It says, during that night, God gave Daniel a vision. He showed him what the mystery of the king's dream was all about. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, may God be praised forever and forever. He is wise and powerful. I thank and praise you. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we ask you for. God, you have answered our prayer. If you've run into an impossible situation this weekend, God brought you here today for me to give you a pastoral nudge. Don't give up. Look up. There is a God in heaven who hears the prayer of those on earth. And Jesus encouraged us. Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. He said, seek, and you shall find. He said, knock, and the door shall be open unto you. Today, we're not self-sufficient. We are God-sufficient. We're not giving up. We're looking up. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, it's not all up to me. It's up to we. I'm God sufficient. We. Say that with me. We. And that brings us to the third character that we find that's been taking way too many selfies. And that is the commander of the king's guard. The commander of the king's guard. I found this one 
a man and woman, and they're texting each other at work. And the guy says, hey, what are your ideas for the meeting so I can share them before you do and get the credit for them? (laughs) Seizing the credit. Stealing the credit. Who gets the credit? The commander wants to seize the credit. That it's all on me, king. That Daniel goes to the commander. He finds the commander. He tells them, I can give the king what he wants. And the commander thinks, oh, it's a good time for me to score some points. So he goes to the king and he says, king, it took me a long time. And it was tough. It was really difficult. But you know the eye I have for talent And I found someone who can give you what you want. Of course, he didn't find Daniel. Daniel found him. But the king, the commander wants to seize the credit. He wants to take the credit. It's all on me. Wanting to seize the credit versus sharing the credit. It's not about me, but it's about we. Have you ever run into someone who they want to seize all the credit? They really do. There was a a man who was a CEO, entrepreneur, and he was over a family's house, and they were having dinner, and he went on and on and on about what he had done. He had done this. He had done that. After a while, it was just annoying. And finally, he used this phrase. He said, yeah, I I guess you could say I'm a self-made man. And at that point, the little boy at the table said, Sir, if you're a self-made man, why did you make yourself like that? (laughs) Just annoying. (laughs) Have you ever thought about this? There's no such thing as a self-made man. Let me say that again. There is no such thing as a self-made man. It's not all on me. One of my favorite pictures is of a turtle up on a fence post. Now, you may not know much about the turtle. You may not know how old he is, what kind of turtle it is, what the turtle eats, how much the turtle sleeps. But all of you know, every person in this room, every person watching online, you know one thing in looking at this picture If you see a turtle on a fence post, you know he had some help getting up there. And Daniel realizes, yeah, he's the one who can interpret the dream. He's on the fence post, but he had some help getting up there. Ultimately, God is the one who enabled Daniel to get up there. Look at what Daniel says to the king. He says to the king, no wise enchanter, magician, diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. Say that with me. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. He recognizes, Daniel recognizes that the reason he is on the fence post is ultimately about God. 
he gives the glory to God. He gives the credit to God. And when we begin to share that credit with God and direct it toward him, the skill I have, it's come from God. The insight I have, it's come from God. The passion I have, it's come from God. The sensitivity I have, it's come from God. The anointing I have, it's come from God. The very breath I have today, it has come from God. I'm not a self-made man. I'm going to give honor and glory and praise to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's what you're doing right now. You made space to come and recognize. Well, it's not all about me. I want to give honor and glory to God. And we've worshiped God and we give to God. And every time we do, we recognize we are who we are because of God. And Daniel doesn't even stop there. Look at what he says. He says, now we will tell the king what it means. We, underline the word we, circle the word we, say that with me, we, we. Now Daniel was the only one who was going to be telling the king what the dream meant. But he wanted his band of brothers to share the credit with him because they had prayed for him. And now he wants to give them props too. In fact, he's not only going to say we in this moment, but after this time of testing, hear how the ways of God work. After your time of testing, there will be a blessing. After your time of stress, there will be a success. After the problem you face, there will be a promotion. And that's what Daniel experiences He's about to receive a promotion, but he wants his band of brothers to come up with him. So he says to the king, make Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego important officials over the province of Babylon. The king did as Daniel asked. He shares the credit. You can get in the game, in our culture, how much credit can I take? Or you can have the courage to stand up and to say, you know what, it's not all about me. It's about the God who made me and those who have helped me. I am who I am because of that, amen? When you do that, Harry Truman once said, it is amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit. I saw a great example of this. I was watching the college football championship game, and after LSU won, they talked to their quarterback, and they kept asking him about his performance. We want to hear from you about you and listen to how he responded. I'm, I'm so proud of the way we battled. You know, we, we, we started off strong. Defense played, I think, the best game of the year. And it, it just shows all the hard work we've been putting in. 
31 of 39, 393, and three touchdowns. That's quite a performance, young man. What about your, per your, your performance personally? I got great people around me, great coaching staff, great receivers, great O-line that have been battling all, all summer, all spring, you know, for, for moments like these. You know, I got great people around me, and that's why I've been able to be so successful. Wasn't that great? What about your performance? I've got great people around me. That's what it looks like. If this week we begin to give God the glory he deserves and give props to others, share the credit, lift them up. Boy, it's not about me. It's more about we. And as we prepare to wrap things up, I'm gonna invite you to stand with me for a moment. And I wanna pray. Some of you are facing an impossible situation. You would say, Pastor Ken, just being real, I've come to a situation and it's beyond me. Bottoms dropped out of the bag and I could use prayer. You know, it may be with my kids, it may be with my health, it may be with my career, it may be with my finances, but I am facing what feels to me an impossible situation and I need to look beyond myself to the God who made me, that there is a God in heaven who hears us when we pray on earth. And I'm gonna invite you to do something that's a little different. Sometimes it's good to take a courageous step of faith and to put ourselves in position to receive. And if you do that right now, if you're facing that kind of situation, I'm gonna invite you to move from where you're at just into the aisle that's closest to you. Because our pastoral staff in just a moment and our ministry team we want to pray with you and anoint you with oil that you're not facing that impossible situation alone. But we are, we are here with you. God is here with you. Let's cry out to God together. Pastor Vaughn and the team are going to lead us in worship. As they do, I invite everyone else to lift your heart to God and just to thank God once again. God, you are our source. You receive the ultimate honor and glory in our lives. It's all about you. We're not self-sufficient today. We are God-sufficient. And as you worship, we're going to pray. And let's believe that there's a God in heaven who hears our cry. We're not giving up today. We're looking up today. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. God bless you. Place for me, I'm a 
just a moment out it just never gets old to me how good God has been to us and can we take just a moment and with our hearts with our voices with our minds with our hands with everything we are and everything that we have can we give God praise and honor and glory for who he is and what he's done for us thank you God Amen. 